Welcome to the Antioch Austin podcast. Wherever you're listening from, we hope this message encourages you. For more information about Antioch Austin, please check our website at AntiochATX.com. Now here's Pastor J.D. Griffin. For the past couple of weeks, we've been in a series called I'm Done. You guys ready just to jump in? I cashed in about 10 minutes of my time, so I got to really hustle here. We've been in a series called I'm Done, and we've been looking at seeing the things that we're sick and tired of being sick and tired of in our life end. And we jump-started this kind of group of talks by looking at not wasting our strength. Proverbs 31.3 says that we don't want to waste our strength on the things that ruin kings. We don't want to waste our strength, but we want to be those that run the race marked out for us And throw off all that hinders us from doing all that God's called us to do. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. So we said we don't want to be a people that waste our strength, that spend our strength on the things that are actually ruining us. But we want to spend our strength on the things that are going to keep us. Because we've been given everything, not some, right? But everything that we need to live the life that God has called us to live. And then last week we jumped into this idea that Paul made clear to us about the sin that's living inside of us, Romans 7, 20. And we used actually Romans 7, 21 through 25 as our roadmap as we began to, to dive into this idea of seeing the things that are killing us find their proper place. And that says this, so I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work within me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin that's at work within me. What a wretched man I am who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. And Jesus has made a way. Jesus made a way for us when we actually deserved to not have a way. And he stepped in and he built a bridge over the canyon that separated us from him. And he said, there is grace for you. I'm going to demonstrate grace to you. And the law that's at work within you, both of them, the war that's waging inside of you, there is an end to it. And we use this phrase that although the struggle is real, we don't have to struggle. Because there is a life that is full of freedom as we own our sin, repent of our sin, and say, Jesus, would you forgive us of the sin that's living inside of us? And this morning, we want to kind of continue on in this journey by looking at Isaiah 6. And just really briefly, Isaiah was renowned, revered in his day as maybe the best prophet of all time. He was the man. Now you have to understand that Isaiah lived and breathed and spoke and wrote what we're getting ready to read in a time that is known as the Old Covenant. That that means that it's before Jesus came, lived, died, and was rose again, making a way for us to have a personal relationship with him. We don't need somebody to be our mediator. We can go straight to him. But Isaiah, and what's beautiful about the Old Covenant and all of the scriptures that are in what's known as the Old Testament, which is the first part of the Bible, if you're new to the Bible, is that everything points to Jesus. Like every scripture from Genesis all the way through points to the greatest rescue mission of all time, which was Jesus coming, living, dying, and being 
rose again, conquering sin and death so that restoration could happen between us and God. And so Isaiah is giving us a picture in his day of what's to come in our current reality. Does that make sense? So we are living in the new covenant. We're living on the side of this time in life where we can have a direct relationship with God. We don't need somebody to come and tell us what God thinks, right? We can hear what God thinks about us. He speaks directly to us. But in the time of Isaiah, his message, the thing that God had called him to declare and to make known to the people of Israel was a message of grace, repentance, and healing. That was the whole purpose of his message was to say, guys, let's turn from our evil ways. Let's seek the living God again, and let's see restoration and forgiveness happen. And oftentimes we'll find ourselves reading in Isaiah and go, that sounds like Jesus. It's like, wow, that sounds like Jesus. And it was written hundreds of years before Jesus even walked the earth. It's because it it is a prophecy of Jesus. It's a picture of what he was going to fulfill. And so you'll read a passage of scripture in Isaiah and you'll be like, wow, that just described Jesus. And you'll think it is Jesus because it is. That's the beauty of the word of God. It's not just a series, a collection of writings. It is one story with one narrative that points to the great rescue mission of all time, which is Jesus coming and making a way for us to have relationship with him. And so Isaiah has an experience in Isaiah 6. And he has an encounter with the living God that transforms and shapes and changes everything for him. I just want to open by reading verses 1 through 8. It says, well, this is Ephesians 6. It was like, children, obey your parents. And I'm thinking, well, that's not what I had in mind, but that's a good one. This is better. Okay. Isaiah 6, verse 1, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Everybody say, I saw. Seated on the throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And above him were seraphs, and each with six wings, two wings covering their faces, two covering their feet, and two they were flying, and they were calling out to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. And then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. And with it, he touched my mouth and he said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sins atoned for. And then I heard a voice. I heard a voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am. Send me. I want to talk to you this morning on the topic of don't stop there. Don't stop there. Have you ever been watching TV late at night, pounding potato chips and ice cream? Because that's what we do at night. What is it about, like, you can hold strong until 1030? What is it, like, what happens at 1030? You know what I'm saying? Does this happen to anybody else? Like, I am eating celery and carrots and feeling great about it, eating protein whole 30 for my lifestyle and then 10:30 comes and it's like things are calling me from the freezer you know what i'm saying like ice cream is saying i need you jd 
And I'm like, I don't want to leave you empty-handed. You know, like, I'm there for you, ice cream. Like, I got you. Like, what happens at 1030? But, but at night, we, like, eat junk. You know what I mean? Like, we eat trash. We eat ice cream, bonbons, pizza. You know what I mean? We order pizzas, like, at midnight. I used to do that in college. I'm like, what am I doing? I should be asleep right now. But I just dropped 15 bucks on something I'm going to pay for in the morning. You know what I mean? And so what, did, what happened? Why do we do that at night? And you know what also happens at night? Infomercials. Because you feel terrible about the decisions you're making. And so they put these ads on TV of the shake weight. Y'all know the shake weight, right? You know the shake weight. You familiar with the shake weight? Okay. Worst invention ever. Awkward. Everything about it's awkward. Okay, I don't consider myself like some kind of fitness professional, but I would just say this. I know enough to know that that ain't helping you do jack, okay? And they say for six minutes a day, all you got to do is shake this thing for six minutes a day, and you're going to look like that Zeus God that's on the ad because that's all he does, I'm sure, right? I'm sure that the dude that they paid to be on that, all he did for his entire life to build that body, that beach body you dream of, is the shake weight, right? I mean, because that's... That's what we start thinking when we see it, right? And so then all of a sudden, boom, within minutes, you're online and you have become one of the two million people that have purchased a shake weight and it probably is still in the box, right? Or my, my personal favorite is the Wonder Sauna Hot Pants. I got a picture of these. The Wonder Sauna Hot Pants, okay? Now, this is a real thing. This is real. And there's a current version of it now, too, that I found. But this picture, I just couldn't pass up. This is amazing, right? And so you would see this at night, and you would think, I got to I gotta have a pair. Because I'm, I'm chasing this beach body, you know what I mean? Like I, and this is going to help me lose weight. Because everybody who knows anything about health and science, they're like, you know what you need to do? Wonder sauna hot pants. That's the secret right? And so you see it, and you're like, I gotta have a pair. I mean, does any, do you guys have anything like the Wonder, Wonder, that's a hard thing to say, the hot, the sauna hot pants? Does anybody have sauna hot pants? No, you don't. I hope you don't, but maybe you have something like it that when you see it, you're reminded about how much you don't need it, right? Have you ever made a decision based off something that you see? I mean, how important is what we see? How important is what we see? Because what we see pulls us into wanting to experience what we see. When we we see something, it pulls us to want us to experience it. Have you ever been watching a sporting event? And the truth is you have a better seat on your couch, a better view in your living room of the game. But what's the thing that you're thinking when you're watching it? If it's really your team, what are you thinking? I should be there. I want to be there. Man, I, I want to be there. And even though you being there, you wouldn't have as comfortable of an experience as you're having in your living room. But what you're seeing, right, you're, you're like, I want to be in the middle of that. I want to experience what I'm seeing. I mean, how important is what we see? It's everything. It's, it's everything. And, and that's why I love the way that God initiates this encounter with Isaiah by saying, I'm going to open his eyes. Isaiah says, I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord. It didn't say that I felt him. It didn't say that I heard him. It says, I saw the Lord. I saw him. 
I saw the Lord. And he gets a window into heaven. And this curtain opens and Isaiah sees the throne room. And these created beings that have one job, right? These angels, these seraphs, and they, they have three sets of wings. All right, and, and one's just to cover their eyes because God is too holy to look at. And one's to cover their feet because it, it, God is too holy for them to even touch the ground. And they're flying around. And, and their one job is just to be awed by God. That's their one job. That's why they were created. It's just to live in awe of God. That, that's why they exist. And they're flying around. They're like, oh my gosh, he's amazing. He's amazing. He's amazing. Whoa, okay, I want to look, but I can't look, but I can't look, but I want to look. He's amazing. Right? I mean, they're just like freaking out 24 hours a day, seven days a week in the presence of God, just all like, oh my gosh, he's amazing. I love him. I want to look, but I can't look. I want to touch the ground. I'm tired of flying, but I can't. Whoa, wow, 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 wow. This is awesome. Right? I mean, they're just like freaking out. And they start to call to one another, and they're like, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. I mean, that's the only thing that you can do when you're in the throne room of God is to begin to declare that what you're experiencing. It, it's all you can do. It's just it's like, wow. And this is what's so cool, is their worship was so passionate so filled with passion and focus that the walls shook and it says that it was filled with smoke. Sounds like a rock show, right? More than like a boring church service. And this is something that's passionate to me personally because I don't know when we bought into the idea as a culture that church should be lame. I, I just, I don't know when it happened, but it happened. We've bought into this idea that we can like go and just be like, yeah, at a rock show and smoke and fire and just yelling. And it's just like, that was a great show. And it's just what we do, right? You just yell and jump and go crazy and everything. And then you come to church and you're just like. <laughs> feeling, feeling like a rebel today. <laughs> Woo! The passion. The passion, the surrender, right? But Jesus said this crazy thing. When he, when he was asked by his disciples, teach us to pray. What Jesus said was this. Pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth earth as it is in heaven. So when we get a picture of what's happening in heaven, and it is a solid, passionate, crazy, rock show, foundation shaking, walls shaking, smoke, flashing lights, crazy beings flying around, right? And that is what we're supposed to be doing is saying, God, we want that here. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, and so we're, we're, we're excited about being awed as a people here at Antioch. When we worship, we don't want to worship softly. 
We don't, we don't think that worship is something that should be contained, shouldn't be tamed. It should be awe-inspiring. Because when we get in the presence of God, when you are awed like Isaiah was awed, like these angels live awed, when you get awed, all of a sudden all you can do, your natural response is to passionately worship Jesus. That's your only response. You're not concerned about what's happening on the right or the left. Am I the only person that's standing? Is, is it now when we raise our hands? Are we supposed to jump now? How do we jump? Is it like up like this? Is it like this? Do we like add the hair flip? You know, like what do we do? Like how do we go? How is this supposed to happen? When you're in awe, none of that matters. Because we're awed by the living God. And Isaiah in this moment of being overwhelmed at seeing the Lord. He becomes very aware of who he is. And he begins to declare, whoa, wow, whoa, I'm ruined. I'm ruined. Like not only Am I ruined? But everybody that I hang out with is ruined. Like, we're all ruined. Like, we are wasting our strength because I've just encountered what really matters in life. And I don't match. I don't line up. I don't have a connection here. This, I, I should not be here. I, I shouldn't be here. And I don't deserve to be here. Not only do I do not deserve to be here, but me being here is going to cost me my life. Because be, to be awe-inspired by the throne room of grace, you don't look and be like, wow, Jesus, you really are my homeboy. You're like, whoa, Jesus, whoa. You are more than I can ask or imagine. I'm ruined. I, I don't know what to do. But I know that I'm not the man that I need to be. Woe is me. When we get awed, we get free. When we get awed, we get free. That's why we have a desire for every single one of you to have a daily awe encounter with Jesus. Not weekly. We hope that you get wowed when you're here by the glory of God. But we want you to wake up on Monday morning and have an awe moment to find yourself, as Isaiah did, in the throne room of grace and being like, wow, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because you know what? No one had to tell Isaiah what needed to change in his life in that moment. He knew. He was aware of what he was not because that's what awe does. Awe exposes the brokenness that's in us. It's what awe does. And this daily encounter with Jesus, this daily awe with Jesus is the key. It is that magic bullet to stay free. If you're like, man, I wish I had a magic bullet to be able to say no to the things that I feel like I can't say no to. I just gave it to you. Get awed daily. Daily get awed. Invest in your awe experience with Jesus. Carve out time to look at him for who he is, to declare who he is, to let the word of God begin to shape how you view your life 
and how you view how God sees you. Let the word of God become central in your life. Daily be awed and you will be free. That's what happens when we get awed. I mean, it's amazing, right? Relationship with God is no different than relationship with people. If you think about it, what are the three components to a successful relationship with people, right? Time, communication, and sacrifice. You're not going to have a great relationship with anybody if you don't spend time with them. And if you have a great relationship with them, when you begin to spend less time with them, what happens? You drift apart, right? For no other fault than just you didn't spend time because time equals intimacy and intimacy equals friendship, right? And so that's this relationship. That's what you can't have a great relationship without time. You can't have a great relationship without communication, If you don't communicate with somebody, you can't have a great relationship with them. And if you had a great relationship with them, when communication breaks down, what breaks down? The relationship breaks down. Sacrifice. You can't have a real relationship with anybody that you genuinely care about without sacrifice being right in the middle of it. To love is to prefer, and to prefer is to sacrifice. It's to say no to yourself, to say yes to someone else. That's what it means to love. So if you want to have a vibrant relationship with any person on the earth, those three things have to be in play, time, communication, and sacrifice. What makes us think that that's different with our relationship with Jesus? The reality is, is that Jesus has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, but we get changed when we draw near to him. His thoughts for you don't change because you spend time with him. Your thoughts about you change because you spent time with him. So if you're in a season where you feel like your relationship with Jesus has grown cold, my encouragement to you is get daily awed. Get daily awed, and I assure you that as you daily discipline yourself to get awed by the beauty and the power and the the nature of Jesus, your heart will get hot for the things that his heart is hot for. Because what you seek, you become. What you seek, you become. And if we are seeking Jesus, we will become more like Jesus. But here's what I love about God, okay? This is what I love about God. What I love about God is that he does not just expose what's broken in us and leave it there. God doesn't just show up and awe us and then leave us just kind of broken and aware of our brokenness. But if we're going to have a real conversation this morning, I think that probably you have had the thought, because I have, that God's goal in life is to make me feel like trash. That to have a vibrant relationship with Jesus is to feel terrible about who I am. Have you ever heard that lie? But that's not God. The goal of God is not just to expose your sin. The goal of God is for his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And he uses people like me and you for I have no idea why to see that happen. That's the goal of God. And to see that goal happened for his kingdom to invade earth and to use broken people like me and like you, then we have to have a restoration moment and then a commissioning moment. And that's what Isaiah experiences because he sees one of these freakish beings that are flying around causing smoke to rattle out of the cracks of the walls in the temple of God flying straight for him with a ball of fire in his hands. What do you think Isaiah is thinking in that moment when the ball of fire is coming at his head? When it starts to like register like, oh, that dude's flying for me. You know what I mean? Like it went from like he's flying around to that dude's coming at me hot. He's coming in hot with something hot. You know, like he is coming and I, what are... I, If I'm Isaiah, I'm thinking I'm about to get what I think I deserve. 
Because he's aware. He's like, I'm ruined. I don't deserve to be here. I'm unclean. This is purity. I'm not pure. And this angel's flying towards him with a ball of fire, and he's thinking, I'm getting ready to die. It's over. But the angel came, and he didn't kill him. Touched him. Touched him. Touched his lips. And you know what did die in him? His guilt and his shame. He thought he was going to die. But it was just the guilt and shame of the sin that was in his life that died. That's what happened. The coal came and touched him. And all of a sudden, he is forgiven. He's made clean. And all of these thoughts of, I'm ruined. I don't deserve to be here. The guilt of the decisions that he's made. The shame of the man that he wasn't are burned away. They're gone. They're taken away. It's gone. And then all of a sudden his ears are opened because he's not hearing the shouting of the guilt and shame inside of him. Think about that. How much do you hear the guilt and shame shouting in you that you can't even hear the voice of God because the voices of your guilt and shame are so loud. But now Isaiah has an encounter where that coal come and touches his lips, washes those things away, burns them away, silence those voices, and now he can hear something else going on in heaven that he couldn't hear before. It was going on, but he couldn't hear it because all he could see was himself. But when he experienced the forgiveness of the cross, he all of a sudden can hear something that was bigger than himself because that's what sin does to us. It, it keeps us centralized in us. Great Commission, the glory of the gospel is that it's not about us. And when you experience the forgiveness of God, when that coal comes and touches you and that guilt and that shame washes from you, you can now start hearing the conversation of heaven. You can hear the conversations of heaven now. And Isaiah begins to hear the conversation. And it is this. Who will go for us? Who will I send? And Isaiah just goes, me! Send me. Because I thought I was going to die. You showed me grace. I don't even know what's going on right now. I'm freaking out. But I'm in. What we're talking about getting free from sin is not just to see you live a full life. It's to see life come through you. Because when we get free, our city gets free. When our city gets free, our nation gets free free and we need a move of God in America we need Jesus to come through his people and demonstrate grace hope truth life patience gentleness kindness we need the spirit of God to rule in our nation and that happens when we say here I am send me I know that some of you are hearing that and you're like man does this mean I need to leave my place of work? Does this mean I need to become a full-time missionary? Does this mean I need to walk around and just like preach the gospel to everybody that I see? Maybe. That might be some of you. I'm not going to erase that completely from your scorecard. But I will say this. It's not most of us. Most of us need to hear the call of God say, Here, who's going to go? Who will I send? And you say, me. And God looks at you and says, great. Now go back to your office and understand that you're not there just to get a paycheck. But there's something in you that's the hope for everybody that's around you. And bring the coal that you got touched with, show it to them. And say all that guilt and that shame that's shouting around in you, it does not have to be that way. Don't stop there. 
don't stop there. Maybe you're a student, you need to go to class with a whole different perspective. Like, I'm not just randomly sitting next to these people. I have the hope inside of me that's going to free them to bring redemption to them. And that is Jesus coming alive to them. So maybe I'm going to ask their name and I'm going to see, hey, what's going on in their world? And I'm going to believe God that he's going to do something big in their life. And all of a sudden, boom, they get their own call. guilt and the shame that's destroying us as a society begins to melt away and we just took the fight to the devil we took the we took his only weapon God rescues us so we can rescue others we get rescued we get saved so we can go and tell other people about it not just so we can know about him, so that we can see Jesus be bigger than we can ever ask or imagine to a city. That's why we got the cold touched on our lips. It's not just so we can walk around free, so we can give freedom away. So we can go up to people and be like, you don't got to be trapped anymore, man. Like, it doesn't have to be like this. There is a way out. He has a name. And his name is Jesus. Let's be a go people. Let's go. Here I am. Send me. Let's go. Let's not stop at the reality of our sin. Let's not stop there. Let's go from there into the world believing that Jesus is everything that's needed. Would you stand with me?